There is a shortcut to the aforementioned trans-induced state that will reveal the secrets in advance, although this would be considered a quick and easy cop-out in the eyes of most shamans of the interactive planes. Welcome to another episode of, episode of Square Waves FM. Today's episode... No, start again. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, you ruined everything. <laughs> Whatever, we're still going. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 57. And as you can see, we have a guest who decided to interrupt my introduction. <laughs> Sorry, start again. <laughs> Fine. Trolls is with us today because he can't stop interrupting me. <laughs> Hi, Trolls. <laughs> Welcome to our humble abode. I told you what we Thank are covering you. today, but... We skipped, but we're skipping the rest of the introduction today, so... Let's just skip the rest of the show at this rate. <laughs> we're going to keep restarting yeah. it. Thanks for coming up. Thank you. Uh, please pick up your gift basket on the way up. Thank you. Gift basket? <laughs> I can't Beep. afford that. <laughs> what, I don't get a gift basket? No, you yeah. don't. Screw you. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Oh. Podcasting right. is its I'll own reward. Yes, it is. Sip my water quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Sip my cup of tears. <laughs> just blow bubbles occasionally. That'll be your contribution. Oh, that's a different appendage. Yum. How do you do, Mr. Trolls? Good to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be back. It's a, I, I, I say this a awful lot on Twitter, but, uh, you know, being on your show is like uh, like attending a, a nice dinner party with friends where you can say anything over the dinner table. I like it. <laughs> well, we're glad to give you uh, an outlet for your uh, mm-hmm. your runaway tongue. Yeah. That totally sounded wrong. <laughs> start over. Yeah. Hopefully you didn't run yeah, into a ditch. <laughs> Aww, no ditch licking, please. Start over again. Shit. <laughs> this is hopeless. We're getting, we are hopeless. Yeah, we're getting nowhere right. slowly. Yep. So why I am so start? good at throwing up people. That's that's the thing I do. That's the only reason I'm on backseat designers too. I just throw people off. <laughs> good. Yeah. So why don't we start with how one in one is a big steaming pile of horse manure. Oh yeah, let's do what? that. One and one. Part of it. That would be. Oh, I'm not a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're already the horse manure. But we're talking about things. That have steaming pile, as opposed to just you know a pile. Yeah, your steaming days are over, I suppose. You have you've long <laughs> since congealed. Yeah, in a ditch. That's far too much. We'll get back to that, Mrs. Oh, I hope we do. <laughs> oh. All right. So our apologies to those who have uh, tried and failed to reach us by email or on the web this week. We've been having some issues with our really stupid web host. Uh, one in one is what they are called. Um, they, I've been with one in one as a web host for 13 years and they, their speed has been like, okay, but not great. And their admin console has been okay, but not great. What's pissed me off about them enormously is the occasional downtime I've had from them. And especially every now and then they try to subject me to these opt out additional fees. Like we are going to charge you this additional fee. Tell us if you don't want to be charged. That really pisses me off. That's, <laughs> that's I, weird. So, I don't even know if that's so legal. You, you being with them is like Stockholm Syndrome. Isn't it? I know. Well, it is. It's like golden handcuffs Stockholm Syndrome because they're really inexpensive, so it's kind of hard to leave. <laughs> Offer you can't refuse kind of a situation. 
So it's more like a, you know, the prostitute slogan than a web hosting service. But anyway, I guess so. Well, you have to be a classy prostitute to have golden handcuffs. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred and one. Bend me over some well, more. Well, it's uh, spray. Uh, I would consider it more like steel handcuffs that have been sprayed with gold uh, paint. Oh yeah, that's right. The veneer. <laughs> so um, I got pretty much fed up with them. Um, it was getting close for me to uh, choose whether I wanted to renew again. And I figured, what the hell? I don't really want to. So I said something Did to that give effect. Them a gift basket? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'll, I give him a bowl full of my opinions anyway. <laughs> a bowl full of your opinion. I have it over with vitriol. <laughs> vitriol, yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll get there. So I kind of put a call out on Twitter. Did anyone have any good uh, suggestions for a new web host? Because I was fed up with my old one. And uh, one in one replied to me, even though I didn't tag him in Twitter, just saying, we're sorry you're having trouble. Maybe we can work something out. So I replied... <laughs> So I replied to them saying, "I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty inclined to leave for another one, but so they better have a really good offer for me if I want to, if they want me to stick around." Uh-huh. So they private oh, messaged but because me. You were, but because you were constrained by the 140 characters, basically your tweet just read "fuck you guys." Yeah, more or less, right? No, I was, I was pretty cool about it. Honestly, I could, I had every reason to be fed up with them, but I was pretty cool about it, mm-hmm. and they were cool with me, at least verbally. Their salespeople were terrific. So they offered me. Um, I thought those were tech people, and their salespeople were a bunch of uh, double-dealing skies buckets. Well, it was their salespeople who reached out to me initially. They're like techie salespeople. So anyway, they offered me a year of upgraded service for eleven dollars, which is a heck of a good deal. So I told them, I guess I'll think about it. I looked at some other plans, and then figured, okay, what the heck? I'll I'll give them a try. So they. You said that in the last episode, and I, and I, you know, listened to the episode, and I'd, I'd seen your uh, correspondence on Twitter, uh, where you'd actually decided to go with the different web hosts, and I was just listening to that, going, "Yeah, <laughs> they're getting screwed, aren't they?" Well, we, yeah, we we got really screwed because they screwed up our order big time. They transferred us from a Linux plan to a Windows plan, which meant that any like CGI scripting stuff that we had, including our WordPress websites and some other uh, hobby stuff that I had going on there just completely failed to work. That was after a few days of downtime already. Plus, they didn't tell us that we would have to download and then re-upload all of our web content. And because I was like donating web content to uh, someone who was running a uh, rave mixtape website, I had like 110 gigabytes or something of data that I had to download and then upload again. They didn't, yeah, they didn't tell me I had to do that. So that was ridiculously stupid. Plus, we had outages with our domains and stuff like that. So I just said, like, these people are incompetent morons. They were trying to retain my loyalty, and they fucked me up worse than ever. So mm. I, I hope they listen to this. Well, yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, they've listened to plenty of me re- lately anyway. <laughs> so I switched over to uh, DreamHost, slowly but surely. I had to keep a lot of uh, contact with one in one while we transferred our stuff over, our, our content over to the new web host, and then pointed the domains over to there and... Uh, then they had to switch me to yet another plan, which they said they would switch me to for free. And I've gotten like three bills for 67 Ugh. cents or something in the past two days. Nice. It's really weird. Yeah, it is. So I'm and you just, almost you almost went with GoDaddy, too, until the entirety of Twitter just lit up and went, no. They sure did. It was unanimous. I got five or six responses from different people telling me, no way in hell should I even consider GoDaddy. So I took that very seriously. Mm-hmm. So uh, Henry Faber from... Bento Miso and a couple of other people said good things about DreamHost. So I switched to them. They've been phenomenal. They're, uh, uh, ben Chandler, thank you for the feedback, Ben, and hello. He told me right away that downloading episodes from DreamHost has been like exponentially faster than it ever has been. 
So that's great to hear. And that's saying yeah. a lot considering he's uh, in the land of shitty internet connections. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's a slogan printed on the Australian flag, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they salute true, when you say that. also kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I mean, there's oh, Australia lives, and then there's the middle of, the of nowhere, sun. Australia. That's like... It's like the most desolate place on earth. Yeah, he lives in like kangaroos pouch gulch. <laughs> you guys have played the the, uh, the sweet sin game that Francisco did. That is that is based on real life. He lives in like the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh yeah, I, I assume that uh, that wasn't even art that was drawn. It was just photographs. <laughs> in that game. that game rules. That was um, Ben Chandler, paranormal investigator. I think. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, what a cute game that. Is. Like, I, I'm glad that we I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna put that in our show notes. And uh, starring Rasulka as the saucy bartender. <laughs> oh, I remember Oh, this. that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, wasn't oh, this the one with that really catchy song that Francisco uh, played oh, yeah. on the podcast? Yeah, you yeah, sang for you. Yeah, yeah I'm special. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right before we started recording, we were talking about friggin' songs stuck in my head. So thank you very much for that, douchewad. <laughs> Good job. Oh, shit. And Darth, Darth Helmet also has a voice in, uh, in the game. I think he's yes. the dude in the bar. Yes. Dude yeah, in yeah, the bar. he's the patron. You sure that's not real life? <laughs> Yeah, do it in the bar. Isn't that the name of the town where Ben lives? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and, uh, well, we've had quite a few Australians on our podcast. I'm we sure have, we'll have haven't we? Through the entire citizenry at this point. Disproportionately so. I know. We're going to have to start uh, bringing sheep on if we want any more Australians. <laughs> Which is okay, I guess, mean, because uh, you Canadians really have a the few podcast koalas, market cornered. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think we're known oh, for their sorry. koalas and uh, snakes and birds. I mean, we've had budgies on, so why not get a couple of koalas and snakes? Oh, have we ever? <laughs> oh, well, since you bring up birds, let me just wrap up my story then. Just to say that I really like DreamHost so far. Our domain issues should be all done with now. So apologies to anyone who had their emails bounced or couldn't reach the site. And the best thing I like about DreamHost, other than that stuff, is that they have a link on like every page saying, click here to have a live chat with one of our tech people. So I've had to do that three times now because I had technical questions or questions just about where things were in their admin console. And I wrapped up all those chats in like two minutes. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. So and you, did, I'm you didn't even them. have to bend over or crack open a bottle of lube or anything. It's like a whole brand new world, isn't it? Well, I was already kind of bent over having dealt repeatedly with one in one all week long. So yeah, that's that's what I figured. I mean, you were used to you know call tech support, bend over, scooch down. It's like, and the dude on the other end is probably just going, um, "Sir, what are you doing?" Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is not how you do it in your country. <laughs> no, well, they, they they were very gentlemanly. Instead of doing what you expect when you're bent over, they just like put my head on their lap and stroked my hair and told me it was going to be okay. So <laughs> it was far preferable to the alternative. So thank goodness. Oh, they were kind and sweet and gave you a lollipop on the way out. They did. They did. They even called me in the morning and asked me how my day was. <laughs> So, uh, Bianca, since we brought up birds, is there some news that you'd like to share with our general populace? So I I posted the uh, Twitter version of it 144 characters at a time because 44 144 special, 140. special. well very special Twitter you've got <laughs> my brain special <laughs> that's what the doctor Bianca told me. So the special she gets four extra characters exactly <laughs> so anyways for those of you following the saga either on Twitter or through the podcast or both uh, this week. I got an, a follow-up email from our from the breeder saying that a friend of hers had heard what happened. Like, I guess she had told her in passing. And this friend happened to already have four Conyers at the time that she that the friend adopted the fifth from the breeder. And so she so when she heard what happened, she she called her 
she called the breeder back and said and uh, asked if she would if uh, she could bring it back so uh, the breeder could offer me the a yellow-sided fully weaned Kanya. It's only been weaned a week and a, a week and a half or two weeks at this point. Do you want to tell the audience what it means of when the bird is weaned? Okay, weaned is basically when a bird has been fledged, or if in the case of being hand raised, it is it is able to. Full, it doesn't require any more human intervention to eat other than for the human to go. Hey, animal, here's your food dish. So it doesn't rely on being mouth-fed. It doesn't need formula anymore. It can eat solid food on its own, right? Yes. But otherwise, it's just a, like a, it's just past the toddler stage, more or less. Yeah. It's basically the uh, the point in its life when the mother would have kicked it out of the nest or something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what it means to be fledged. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> Fly, my baby. Yeah. So instead of a pineapple, we're going to be getting a yellow-sided conure, which... Instead of a pineapple conure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Does it taste like pineapple? No, and it doesn't really look like pineapple colors either, which is kind of strange. I know. I think the pineapple conure is more likely to taste you than vice versa. <laughs> no, no, it's I'm just picturing you guys getting the thing home and Brian picking it up and just licking it. Uh, no, Charles was wrong. It doesn't taste like pineapple at all. Oh, our, our conure used to lick me. Poor Kimmy. Yeah, Kimmy licked everyone. Yeah. That was they have fat, birds have fat, thick tongues, and they lick you. Yes, they do. It's weird. Nice birdie. My cat does that too. So our big day is going to be? Monday. Yay. Two more days and we get a new birdie. Mm -hmm. Thrilled about that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is, that is a really awesome story. That is, I mean, that as a pet owner myself, that warms my heart that she would do that. That's uh, that is really, really great. No sarcasm here. That's awfully nice. Yeah. No, this, this friend of the aviary just, uh, Felt bad when she heard what happened to the word we were waiting for. We were going to have to wait another two months or so for the new babies to grow up enough to become mm-hmm. independent. So that was awfully sweet of this friend of her. We were very appreciative. Yeah. And uh, we so the uh, breeder still had our deposit and offered me either one from the clutch or one from uh, – or from for the friend. refund. And so ultimately we're not paying – we're not paying. We didn't have to put down a new deposit. And we don't have to pay for the second DNA test to determine the sex of the bird. Yeah, she's a great breeder. We're very, very impressed with this lady. Mm-hmm. We Rather than get a refund, we wanted to continue dealing with this lady because she sent us like a few emails a week with pictures and little stories about how it's growing up. Like she's awesome. Yeah, and a status on just its uh, feeding habits so we can see that it's being weaned onto pellets and uh, fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And of course, being a conure, it's going to see us eating human food and demand it. The birds see you eating, they think you're part of the flock, and they want what you're having. That's right. Yeah, cats do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Bastards. Oh, they sure do. Uh-huh. You, oh, oh, although we, we have we have weaned our cats off of it with a, uh, you know, a swift swipe near the nose. Near, I said near. I don't actually hit my cats, but, uh, you know, you have to sort of establish a, uh, um, a hierarchy. Of course. And tell the cat that this is not where you go, and this is my food, and you get the fuck off and into your corner, sir. Oh, that's right. You remember when we had Crystal, and she loved when we would eat, like, the cheese popcorn smart food? Yep. She loved salty <laughs> stuff. She loved the salty okay, stuff, but then you got what? the sweet popcorn, and she, thought, and she thought it was the same yeah, thing. Yeah, she begged for it and hated it, but, and then would beg for it again <laughs> after retching. <laughs> yeah, is, because a lot, of, a lot of human food is actually poisonous to cats. I mean, if we have a bowl of ice cream going... They, you, you shouldn't give your cat that. You know, if, if you have chocolate ice cream, cats can't digest chocolate. It, it actually kills them. Or chocolate, so, yeah, kills but, a lot of animals. True, it kills a lot of animals. But if you had vanilla, they just they would. Ha- you can give them like a little taste of vanilla ice cream, and it wouldn't hurt them. But they, yeah. but they have uh, lacto. But they're not lactose intolerant. But they uh, have lactose digestion issues. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, same yeah. with birds. It's not something that they eat, so it just kind of goes through them. So you don't want to give them too much, or it'll all go through them. <laughs> but it tastes is okay. Yeah. Animals love cold stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like me and beer. Oh, you little tyke. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you want a bottle to suck on? Yeah, I look forward to the day that trolls his weed. <laughs> then we can fledge him. Yeah, no. Fledge him from the eighth story. Yeah. Preferably <laughs> into a ditch. Oh. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I think we're driving past it. <laughs> nah. I did I did send you a video. There was not a ditch in sight. Although you are welcome to come to Denmark and I will take you on a tour of the many ditches that I have not <laughs> been in. Well <laughs> you, yeah, I, I can rise. sort of picture I, Charles uh, driving one of those like English double decker red buses. <laughs> the, the not ditches of Denmark. The ditches well, of Denmark. Not... That sounds like another freaking chick flick. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, well, speaking of Brian, ditches, Brian. for a while no, on wait, Nation Days, we had you... a uh, beta testing. Uh, so we have a beta testing site called the Playground, and I had full rights on that site, so I created my own version of Denmark, and I called it the Danish Ditch Republic of Denmark. <laughs> oh, it's a republic. Is it democratic at least? No, it's a high, it's a dictatorship. Ditch or die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. You were gonna say. No, I was. I was just gonna say if you if you uh, if if you actually see me driving around a, a big red double decker bus, we are gonna end up in a ditch because I don't have a driver's license. Oh. So well, that would. Come. I mean, that would be a ditch either. tour. <laughs> Sorry, what? I don't drive either. What was that? I don't have okay. a driver's license. I mean, I can ride a bike. Would you like? Would you like to get on a bike with me? Ooh, double decker, sure thing. <laughs> double decker bike. Well, yeah, that's that's gonna be like a twenty second run or something. Probably. <laughs> All right, what else do we have? Well, we did actually update the code to our websites. Oh yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. You go, you go first. We or at least two. I just did my my uh, homepage, but you did uh, a few pages. Yeah, I decided my I was tired of my page being stuck. In uh, 2001, I uh, wasn't quite 90s anymore. I mean, it wasn't colorful with uh, flashing uh, red lights and scrolling marquees, but it had the uh, inevitable Under Comic Sans. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, and the inevitable Comic Sans font and a ton, ton of images. <laughs> oh, the golden age of the web. <laughs> Speaking as someone who does web design for a living, well, I don't do web design, but I'm involved in web design and, and graphic design and such. That hurts my balls every time I see someone do something in comics sense. <laughs> yeah. So I decided that it was high damn time I fixed that. And I went with a three font combination and I have Sit and I have uh, cascading style sheets and everything now. So it actually doesn't look too bad. And it's mobile friendly too. Mm, not quite yet, but oh, it's, it's almost. It doesn't have any images except for maybe one or two places, but it's just, uh, it's all text with. Uh, yeah, your your page is kind of the same as mine in terms of being mobile friendly, where it like it'll load really fast, but the text that you tap on is very small. You mm-hmm. can't really use it without zooming in. I tried playing around a little bit with. Um, Responsive design to to make it equally viable to use on uh, desktop or mobile. I was really struggling with it. I've never done it before. I looked around a whole bunch for uh, different frameworks for doing mobile design. I found a fantastic one called Layout It. I'll uh, link it. It's a free open source framework for making responsive grid-based websites. And I'm not smart enough to use it very well, but... Uh, it got me farther than any other one had. The only thing that I needed to work out was um, 
getting the centering or the uh, alignment of some elements working properly. But I got it working pretty well. Yeah. I was kind of sort of almost proud of myself. Yeah. I got I mean, boxes to I'm, work I'm, eventually. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I keep interrupting. I was just going to say uh, uh, the only thing – if, if, if you're doing like a small website, I'm not I'm not a huge code or anything like that. But the only thing you have to remember is the CSS code uh, max width uh, equals 100 percent. Then you're pretty much good to go. Oh, we tried not doing that just because that was really wide. If you have a widescreen monitor, then you've got like 50 words horizontally. Exactly. In a paragraph. Yeah. So I uh, did my body margins at zero, but then did my uh, centering at about uh, – 50 because that way it puts a dead center and it aligns my kind of offset my off uh, centered boxes a bit so it's kind of has a warpy flower look i originally was going for kind of a flower look to have like rounded edges and then pointed edges on the very middle to kind of bring it together to look like a flower but. my darling you're my warpy flower <laughs> oh, you're distorted in all the right ways okay you're gonna wretch now yeah and i'm yeah. going to eat you for fucking breakfast if you continue that thank you I'm already talking into a bucket. Uh, I might as well, you know, use it for other things. Exactly. <laughs> Good. So then I finally got, and I finally ditched my frames. Oh. Ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We should have like a little ding count. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh no. What are you doing? Ooh. Yeah, nice. I can take a, we can take a page out of your book, except we actually have one of those like hotel receptionist bells. <laughs> Bianca's dad got it for us as a joke. A few years like ago. a decade ago or something, and yeah. we, we ding that all the time. Uh, I, I, was, I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> over on Backseat Designers, the ding means something quite different. What does the ding mean? Uh, the ding is... Is that the innuendo um, ding or something? It, 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 instead of saying that's what she said, uh, because that's kind of, you know, that's we, we're all feminists and, uh, you know, social justice warriors over on Backseat Designers. So instead of uh, going, <laughs> that's what she said, we just go ding. Oh, so every time something is slightly sexually suggestive, and especially if the person saying it is unaware, then it becomes hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah, I figured it was some sort of innuendo alarm. That's what he we're, said. We're very, we're very highbrow and academic over in the backseat. Oh, yes. You've noticed. Oh, yes. You're academic on there. When I was on there, it was a fucking cesspool of uh, bad jokes. <laughs> oh, no, that, was, uh, that wasn't backseat designers. That was... Uh, uh, uh. Open crowdsource. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Basically the same thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, you, yeah, there's you the same thing. Yeah. Of the three hosts, two of us have a degree. I mean, uh, Gareth is a bona fide PhD doctor. Bona fide. <laughs> Why just move it over here? Because <laughs> I like wheeling my chair all over the place like I'm on a hockey arena. Whatever. Yeah, well, and taking the wind out of your sails. No. <laughs> All right, sorry. We now have a bell in close proximity, so this might be the most horrifying podcast conceivable. Yeah, so like I said, I got rid of frames and I have sexy nav bars now, too. Yeah, they are, actually. Those are really nice. Have you tried those on mobile? I wonder if those work better. Um, I haven't tried yet, but the bar's across the top, and that's it. Well, I, I played with the responsive design stuff, and then I thought to myself, how many people are going to visit this website? So Bianca's domain is weaselhut.net. <laughs> I like that. Weasel Hut. Yeah, and I'm uh, demodulated.com. Mm -hmm. No way. I, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and on my, and, we, and there's also, I also host a friend of mine on my uh, domain. And uh, he keeps uh, some translated stuff on there. And I believe there's also some fan fiction in there if you're brave enough. 
but I don't link it on my main website yet unless I were to do an affiliate section in my one of my uh, text boxes. Yeah, I guess we both could. Although I don't host that other guy's mixtape stuff now. I, I told him that after seven years or whatever of hosting his 70 gigabytes of content, I think I... If I ever have to move stuff around again, it makes it much more difficult to do so. So mm-hmm. luckily he had already been transitioning to Mixcloud or something. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, wait, Bianca, at, at some point you asked me if I had ever done fan fiction because uh, yeah. we were talking about anime and fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said I'd only done uh, Space Quest fan fiction and I was kind of embarrassed about it, uh, even though it's still online. So, yeah, don't go and search for that. But um, Too bad. I actually- I'm going to do that. So you said <laughs> yeah, fanfiction.net? Uh, no, it's it's on it's on Jess's uh, virtual broom closet. You can go have fun with that. But I actually did do um, an ultimate uh, sort of uh, um, repentance of my fan fiction days that are now sort of uh, behind me. I did the uh, a life worth losing game, which is me coming to terms with my fan fiction background. So <laughs> by the time you get to the end of it, uh, it becomes dreadfully apparent that uh, this is a piece of fan fiction, and the uh, the last antagonist in the game actually berates the main character for you know putting himself in a you know fan fiction story and all that mm. you should oh. all not go and play that cool Ooh, space quest <laughs> oh where are you oh you're on fanfiction.net there are space quests there's three fanfics on I am I on fanfiction.net I did not put that there what the fuck okay so there's space quest fanfiction written by two people captain swag 101 and ballin lord <laughs> Of Moria. So this is like the... These are like the millennial Space Quest fan fiction writers? That's nuts. I have to go check this out. All right, well... This is weird. Hey, Toots, will you put that in the show notes, please? Okay. Oh, you're logging (laughs) in. I did did a novelization of the first Space Quest game. You did what? Sorry? Sorry? What did you say? I'm sorry. I said that I did a novelization of the first Space Quest game. Oh. uh, Then I wrote... And then I wrote a uh, sort of original uh, tale set in Space Quest VI, which is also sort of novel length. And they're both awful. So you should all not go and read those either. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. we won't. Yeah. Well, most of my fan fiction is highly questionable. And a lot of it I wrote in high school. And it's ext- and it's all extremely depressing, violent crap. It's because you hadn't <laughs> met me yet. You needed somebody to make your life extremely depressing so that you didn't have to fantasize about it. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, baby. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Now um, all of our needs are fulfilled. Now the troll's here. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my friends yeah. actually requested that I write that, that I write something set in uh, using write something using medieval torture devices. You did too. Uh, you did two fan fiction requests for me. And true, I did. Um, one of them was. For my birthday, you wrote um, The Longest Journey, something about crow. I'm not chopped liver. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cute. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the strangest <laughs> slash fiction request I could possibly think of, which was some kind of romantic entanglement between Phoenix Wright and a stepladder. Oh, you, you did Apollo Justice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Apollo Justice and a stepladder. Oh, that's right. I'm, oh, I'm not kidding. Does it get hot and sweaty? She did it. Uh, well, the ladder doesn't. Well, not by itself, at least. Um, let's see. I can probably let's see if I have it around here. Yeah, you you do that while I introduce our next little pre-show. Do yeah, you go ahead. I just wanted to mention briefly Ooh, that step on my ladder. Ah, <laughs> uh, can I put can I put in a request? I I I'd really like Bianca to write me a piece of fan fiction. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm just I'm, no, I'm gonna have a think about this. I'll I'll get right back to it. All right. Because are you sure about it that? Has, because be I've good. written some very twisted garbage. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I call her? It's, it's not. Oh, sure. In a weird way. Who, who doesn't? Uh, 
<laughs> Anyone who wants to live to see their next birthday. There you go. <laughs> I, I am a feminist, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not a very good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Earth Hour. Today's Earth Hour. I don't know if people do that. It's supposed to be from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. local time. That might very well be that time for you now, isn't it, Trolls? Or no, that just passed, didn't it? So this is the only hour we're supposed to give a shit about the Earth. Exactly! exactly. It's sort of like, um, you know, Mother's Day, the one day a year you're supposed to give a shit about your mother. Valentine's <laughs> Day, the one day you're supposed to give a shit about your loved one and buy them chocolate and take them out to dinner, wine, dine them in order to get any uh, sort of sex or boob. That's right. And, and Christmas <laughs> Day... Oh, Christmas Day is the one day you're supposed to love your neighbor as opposed to the preceding month where you cheat them out of parking spaces and flip them off. Exactly. <laughs> right. So Earth Hour. Bianca yeah, and I celebrated exactly. Earth Hour once, didn't we? I think we just did it once or maybe just twice yeah. where we basically turned off all the lights and played uh, and Game Boy. And computers and, and went to the room and played with electronics. Yeah, we played Game Boy. They were wireless electronics, so we were saving the planet. Exactly. You no, know, you, you do know that doesn't count because how did you charge those electrical appliances? Oh, before Earth Hour. Exactly. Uh, well, that's not really saving anything, is it? Oh, well, I guess we could do it with like cruelty-free hamster wheels or something on the generator. <laughs> it sounds like a Space Quest puzzle, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Actually, the fan fiction that I want Bianca to write, it has to involve hamsters somewhat. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, still, uh, I'm still thinking, but hamsters, like, those are good. Oh, we do have a we do have a holiday that uh, we celebrate that we call hamster waffles. Yep, and I believe it's <laughs> upcoming as well. Oh, it better be. Oh no, wait! I want Bianca to write the plot for uh, my uh, um, my uh, run and, my psychedelic run and jump game that I will someday create. Psychedelic run and jump game. Yeah, isn't that what, like a platformer, like an action platformer? Sure, it's about this. It's about this psychotic uh, young girl called Peepy who uh, hates badgers and wants to go and kill the badger king. <laughs> hmm. Sounds uh, pretty uh, grounded. Mm, and, and no does way she, whatsoever. Does she, does she consume any narcotics in order to uh, enter this world, or is this the world she uh, is in to begin with, and this is some sort of alternative universe? Now she, you know, she she lives uh, outside a little village, uh, and they basically, you know, the village has shunned her because she's absolutely psychotic, and she's got all these uh, stabbing weapons in her little hut outside the village. And uh, halfway through the game, she becomes convinced that uh, these um, man-sized badgers have invaded the town and are slowly taking over the town. So she goes on a violent rampage through town, and uh, you know, during the cutscenes of the game, it turns out she's actually just hacking and slashing all the villagers. But she sees badgers everywhere. She has this big because the badger king put LSD in all of her water supply. <laughs> that would be an, that would be a neat twist. I actually hadn't thought that far. That would be good. Uh, if I was I was going with the fact that there isn't actually a badger king. She's just full, full on psychotic. But, oh, see, that's the twist. The 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 creatures <laughs> that she imagined are the ones that put her up to it in the first place. Wait. Oh, so this is like open crowdsource the uh, home edition, cool. isn't it? No, wait, no, wait. We've got that. <laughs> yeah, right. This is. Free, freeform open crowdsource. That's what I was looking for. Yes. I could probably do something like that. I can pull it uh, out of my ass and then uh, give you something kind of psychotically twisted. You're going to pull imaginary badgers out of your ass? I think that's like three quarters of the story written right there. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Oh, and, and do, you know, pile on the blood and guts because that, that was the whole premise of the game. Violent blood and guts, dismemberment of badgers. Oh, bloody butt badgers. That could be the yes. name of the game. But. By a little, uh, I, I haven't decided if she should be 14 or 16. I think it's more fun if she's just on the cusp of puberty. And, uh, <laughs> just a young, young psychotic girl with an axe killing badgers. 
That's more or less the plot to American McGee's Alice. You ever play that game? No, I've, 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 I've seen it. But yeah, Alice is pretty psychotic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, at least I can, she is in that. Yeah, she's psychotic in that game. She's kind of not in the original story. It's all a dream, but it seems to be her waking manifestations in that one. Poor girl. Poor girl. Poor girl. Yeah, poor girl. Uh, we got a bit uh, sidetracked there, didn't we? It's what we do around here. Yeah, it's only 30 minutes sidetracked. That's not too. It's a record rise too. Well, it's hardly even a sidetrack. We only have one more pre-show thing that we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention something briefly. I've been having trouble with DOSBox, which is oh, no. pissing me off. Um, for a little while now, I would run DOSBox and it would just not get me to the prompt. It would open up and I would get a black screen and that's it. And I have to shut it down manually because it wouldn't even respond to closing either the console window or the uh, main window. Um, so I took a look at the console window and I noticed that the last thing successfully showing up was something about a joystick initializing. So I did buy a an Xbox One controller, the new Xbox One, and um, tried unplugging that and then DOSBox booted up. And so then I went into DOSBox.conf and I disabled joystick with the Xbox One controller plugged in and it still works. So that's good. And now I'm having some other issue where DOSBox will not let me type at all. It doesn't respond <laughs> to my keyboard commands. And I looked it up oh, online. That's kind of a detriment. A little bit for a key, yeah, for a command line interface, you don't get too far. So yeah. um, you can just sit there and shout at it. I, I, I have been. It doesn't get me too far. So I looked that up on Google, and apparently there's some issue where I don't know what causes it, but sometimes DOSBox can think that you have more than one keyboard and that you ought to be typing with your other keyboard. So, I mean, I'm not some kind of octopod. I only have two hands and one keyboard, and I don't know what the hell it's thinking. So there's some kind of a command line switch or batch file that you have to create to get DOSBox to work with your keyboard, and I fiddled, fiddled around with it, and I did get that to work. So that's a really annoying workaround that seems to have sprung up in the past month or something. I don't know what's up with that. I've tried uninstalling and reinstalling. I tried reinitialing my DOSBox.conf to the original, and that doesn't do it either. It must be some kind of stupid Windows 10 thing. So I'm looking into that. So yeah. if I get that figured out, I'll let you guys know. True. At the same time, I have DOSBox installed. And on Windows 10, and it works fine for you. So well, WTF. Probably it's, and it's probably because of the controller in the first place, which I don't have. So Yeah, you have the 360 controller, whereas I have a, or you have a Logitech 360 emulator, whatever, whereas yeah. I have a real Xbox One gamepad, which is a great gamepad. But You know what? You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the story. Uh, what's going to happen in future episodes, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, by the end of this, Brian's going to set up a webcam and discover that Bianca wakes up at 3 a.m., goes in, fiddles with his DOSBox controls, and goes back to bed, <laughs> laughing all the way. <laughs> It would be a real mystery if Bianca was able to get out of bed. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> she is so hard to get out of freaking bed. I, my, my stomach basically has to be making like volcanic eruptions of grumbling before she'll even consider getting up and engaging in some breakfast thing with me. You sleep I was just going to say, woman. it's just because you're so damn sexy. Who would want to get out of bed with you? Well, that's, that's what I'm suspecting. All right. <laughs> Bianca's oddly silent at this point. Yes, she is. I know. I mean, thanks... Oh, okay. Speak, talk to the bell. Exactly. We we have a letter. Yay. And uh, apparently somebody thought I was traumatized, but in fact, I just hate Ottawa. Oh, whatever would give them that opinion. Maybe the friggin' top volume rant that you had as soon as you heard the name of the city it came from. Do you want to read the letter or shall I? You can, and I'll rant in the uh, background. <laughs> All right. So this letter is from uh, Chris Morrow. Hello, Chris, who wrote us for the first time on our last show. We're very happy to hear from you again, Chris. 
I wonder if there's any relations to Lord Morogar. You mean Marogar? Marogar, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's spelled and pronounced differently, but maybe it's some kind of a regional dialect where he's related to a... Well, Otto does have its own unique dialect. So you think you're wondering whether he's related to a gigantic skeleton creature? That spews frost? Yeah. yeah. Well, call the city spice. in... Uh... I don't think he's related to Lord Marogar. <laughs> So, Marogard sounds like an RPG city that you have to visit in some weird RPG. Like, oh, yes, uh, quest onwards to Marogard, and there you shall find the Chalice of Hope. Or <laughs> sounds like something out of Grim Fandango, kind of. Anyway. Also that. that. He said, uh, Chris says, uh, hi, Brian and Bianca. Thanks for reading my long-winded letter. Ha. <laughs> yes, ha. <laughs> Very sorry you were treated so cruelly, Bianca. I didn't intend to bring back bad memories, so I should have said north of Kingston, where most of my family is from. Anyways, I used the bigger city to help describe where I grew up. I don't live there anymore, but think it's important to remember my roots. Sorry to hear the passing of your bird and, and hope that you will have a new flying friend soon. Well, thank you for that, Chris. That yes, we certainly will. I knew of a few people who had ham radios, but mm, I would... Delicious. <laughs> I knew a few people who had ham radios, but I wasn't interested in that form of communication. We had a neighbor with one, and once in a while he would broadcast on my neighborhood friend's TV with, Greetings, this is Wizard 101. Do you receive? <laughs> we joked about this for years. I've been hearing more great things about the game Shardlight, so I'll be checking this out. Thanks. Also really excited about the remaster of Day of the Tentacle coming out end of March. Will it be fun to see that intro with spiffy new updated sound and extended screenplay area? I've also oh, heard. So looking forward to that. Oh, I can't wait. We, we pre-ordered. Ordered and it's on my Steam oh, yeah. account. Oh yeah. I have also heard really good things about Bluehost, which may be a better web host for you. Here's the link: bluehost.com. Take care and take care to all the Square Wave FMers. Chris Morrow. Thank you very, very much, Chris, for writing into us. We sure appreciate that. And I appreciate the uh, recommendation for Bluehost. I heard of them as a recommendation as well. They were, I think they were my second choice. I just went for Dreamhost because I needed something quick. And it sounded like they had the highest review for uh, customer, uh, or at least for help desk help. They were, but I read great things about Bluehost yeah, as well. We could have been happy with them too. I'm I sure. know. I was just pointing out that that was the reason that you uh, seemed to pick uh, Dreamhost. That's right. <laughs> uh, cool hey, do you know what happens if you... Do you know what happens if you spill a syrup on a ham radio? Uh, what happens if you spill syrup on a ham radio? You get wa you get hamster waffles. You get a glazed ham radio. Oh, you're both despicable <laughs> human beings, and I banish you both to the realm of uh, haunted Meryl potatoes. Girl. Yes, that too. Where you Waffle can meet, potatoes? Where you can meet? No, no. Now, now that I think about it, it sounds like a location in Loom. Marogar. You should go to Merylgard, where the people wear robes, as opposed to any other place in this fucking place. <laughs> yes. And play, and play songs that causes the toaster to pop and other <laughs> random, <laughs> random things. Um, Chris, Chris mentions very briefly something about CB radios, which is something that I've never played with a lot, but I've been interested in lately and I want to read more about. Just because the uh, communication protocols that you use when you're like announcing yourself or uh, confirming reception of a message and stuff like that. It reminds me a lot of the automated things in like TCP uh, packet switching Act protocols. Yes, yeah, in act kind of stuff. You do that verbally instead. You sound like a, you sound like friggin Conyer. <laughs> so I do want to check that out. When I used to participate in the 2600 hacker community here in 
Toronto, a lot of them were into CB radio stuff for that very reason. So it's something that I was always planning on getting interested in, but didn't get around to. All right. So, uh, Charles, what have you played this week? Have you played anything interesting at all? <laughs> I have uh, played many interesting things. I've actually been playing uh, two games that I'm not even sure I should be talking about, but, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, I'm currently alpha testing a Jacob Janerka's Paradigm game. Oh, I'm is, so jealous. That looks amazing. It, it does. You should. I mean, it, it is going to be absolutely amazing. It's so funny. The guy is so off his nuts. Uh, every you know every bit of dialogue and conversation is just how the fuck does this guy come up with this? It's it's brilliant. I love it. Um, and I'm of course kind of biased because you know he's been on backseat designers a couple of times. Um, oh, with us, but yes. he is. He, I mean, Gareth has got the biggest man crush on uh, Jacob because he was on open crowdsource and he was you know it was three a.m. in Australia and Jacob was so tired and his brain was just you know in orbit around something completely different and uh <laughs> that's that was that was probably gareth's uh, favorite episode and probably mine too sorry guys um mm -hmm. the other game i've been playing is the uh, nelly kutalot and the foul fleet what um, the hell is that? somehow somehow the guys uh not 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 the creator itself but somehow the uh, um, uh publishing company for this game somehow got into their heads that i'm a game reviewer uh, so they sent me a review copy and I was like, no, eh, free game. Fuck it. Uh, yes, I'm a reviewer now. <laughs> nice. So, so I've been playing that. It is, and that's, that's a really good game as well. It's, it's got a very sort of monkey Islandish um, feel to it. And not just because you're a person who wants to be a pirate. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, pretty good game. Uh, has the most subtle menstruation joke I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> so it's got that going for it. Classy. Uh a really, really endearing uh, uh, main character and very, very funny dialogue. Very, very British. Oh, so it's an adventure game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've played a few very British adventure games. What was that one that you played with the cop guy? What, me? It was cop super guy? British. Sorry, I'm talking to uh, Bianca. Um, oh, sorry. Was yeah. a private investigator or a policeman or something? Uh, Hector. Hector, yeah, Episode that's right. That one. was super and British. And there's three episodes in it. I still have to play the next two. Okay. Yeah, that was key. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I like when they do that kind of a thing. Never heard of it. I Is forget. It good? Do you remember who published it? I think it might have been an early. It might have been in a. Let's see. I think it's a Telltale's or what? Let's see where it. Oh, it might have been. Was it Telltale? It might have been. Oh, uh, we have had no. such a blazing row at uh, on Twitter about Telltale games. I am so reluctant to play any Telltale games now. Because they just, you know, it Tales of the Telltale. Borderlands. I got in, I got into this huge argument with Darth Helmet over on Twitter about uh, mm. uh, about timed dialogue trees. I'm not even going to call them dialogue trees, actually, because Telltale games think that players get terrified when they have too many options. So they just have, you know, you know, two or three dialogue choices at the most, and they got a fucking timer under it. And I was, I just fucking hate that shit. I hate it so much that we actually made it a topic for uh, the. Backseat Designers show that comes out on Sunday, which is tomorrow at oh, current time of recording. Glad to hear it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've so I hate that so much. I hate QTE. I hate time sequence, and I hate this you know complete dumbing down of adventure games that Telltale seems to be up to. So if it's Telltale, I'm not going to get into it. At oh all. well, these Sorry. Hector games are in fact published by Telltale, and they are actually point-and-click traditional adventure games. Click somewhere to have your guy walk somewhere and. I think it had a verb coin and inventory. It's a traditional adventure game. Yeah, know, it does fall into the uh, format that uh, they're using for the Walking Dead Game of Thrones. And um, mm. and it's really foul mouth. Oh, it's so foul mouth. Yeah, you might actually get a kick out of this unless you have oh. some 
uh, some good. objection to Telltale now because of what they do. But they, they did publish this. It's from 2011, which they were already doing that newfangled kind of uh, interface, I believe, with Jurassic Park is the first one where they yeah. started that. So at least they still did this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think the time of why is probably because of just because it's active because you're ta- because you're responding to the dialogue as it's happening and you're not really um that's because they're doing the whole interactive movie kind of a thing they, they create tension by by having you respond tension my ass sorry i really really hate that shit so you do all we will say <laughs> all i will say is play it before you object to it Mm-hmm. I've watched the Let's Plays of Tales of the Borderlands, and it probably not help that I don't give a shit about Borderlands in the first place. But then, yeah, oh. yeah, watching is not playing. No, it's not. It, it, to no. be to be put on the spot for conversation. I've complained many times on this podcast about really hating world timers, time puzzles, and stuff like that in games where it doesn't belong. For whatever reason, uh, in Telltale's uh, dialogue trees like that, I appreciate it because not responding is also an option and uh, deciding what, whether to respond and how to respond on a timer is a, a great way to add tension. If you ask me, your opinion may differ and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, to, to each their own. Um, so any other games that I've played? Uh, well, my YouTube channel is pretty much uh, where I play games nowadays because that's the only time I have for playing games. Uh, so that would be Anna's Quest, The Cat Lady, and uh, um, Order of the Thorn. And uh, oh. I was... And I was playing this game called Me Deep, which is more of a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing, um, which is, uh, and, again, the uh, uh, the guy who made it actually sent me a Steam key, which is really nice. Apparently, he got into his head that I'm a game reviewer as well. Sweet. I don't know where they get this idea. Um, well, you're a lucky player, which is very good uh, marketing for these kinds of games. I guess. I guess. Uh, but uh, it was... It, <laughs> It's it's, uh, it's it's a really it's really a shame for for this guy this very nice guy who sent me a, a Steam key for uh, for Knee Deep because my computer is really shit and it runs the game extremely poorly and not only that when it starts running shit poorly then uh, OBS the software that I use to record the videos will completely shit itself so the game will keep running as I'm playing it but then I go back and review the footage that I've recorded and it will pause and freeze and all this nonsense it did that when I was playing Kentucky Route Zero and it's doing it now with uh, Knee Deep so uh, Mm -hmm. that guy is not getting any good exposure from me sorry too bad yeah well that's the way it goes I mean even if you could run it and you didn't enjoy it that's the risk that they take Regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the fun. That's the that's the really weird part. I'm actually enjoying it, uh, but it, it's it is one of those games where uh, you know I was talking about uh, Telltale and their stupid design philosophy and such, and this game is one of those. Uh, or your your choices will matter uh, depending on what you pick and such. And this game like really really telegraphs it. Like a prompt appears on screen that goes, uh, "Important branch decision coming up." <laughs> so, okay, oh, cool, cool. That's relaxed, man. That's very strange. It is strange. It kind of, it's very fourth wall breaking. Yeah. <laughs> kind of takes you out of it, which is not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did, did you, you have an opinion it, on that when it did that? Sorry? Did you have an opinion on it when it did that to you? Well, just kind of that it was a little a little too much. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of heavy handed. But, but yeah, a bit heavy handed. But the game itself is, is structured in a really interesting way. It's set up like a stage play. So every time you exit a location, you know, all the set pieces start moving around. And, uh, um, you know, the uh, 
you know, the actual floor of the theater that you're in starts revolving. So, uh, you know, it turns around 180 degrees and then a new uh, set is, you know, popped up and such. It's, it's really interesting way of doing it. So basically the entire game is set inside a theater and you're watching and playing a stage play unfolding before you. So interesting way of going about it. That's a cute gimmick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sadly, my computer hates this game. Oh, what a shame. What doesn't your computer hate? Uh, it likes AGS games and DOSBox games and uh, games that came out before the year 2000. Mm. It really likes those. <laughs> so hey. Order of the Thorn runs brilliantly. Oh, how are you enjoying that? I really do want to play that. Um, actually, you know, I you know my stance on anything remotely related to fantasy. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm, <laughs> and I'm not just being an idiot, uh, or well, I am an idiot. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm I beg the <laughs> Being an asshole by saying that I'm, I'm basically playing it as a favor to Stephen and uh, uh, Sean over at IQ Adventures because mm -hmm. they were very, very nice people. They gave me a Steam key for uh, their um, uh, first game. Uh, uh, the, oh, quest uh, for infamy. Quest that's, for that's infamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I decided, okay, fine. I like these guys very much. I'm going to pay for Order of the Thorn myself, even though, you know, I hate fantasy games. So I'm just going to play it and, you know, sit there and shout at it and try to, you know, make jokes about it. But I'm actually enjoying it because these guys have got such a warped sense of humor. It's not King's Quest or Quest for Glory. And I do know Quest for Glory has a sense of humor as well. But, uh, you know, the IQ guys, they really have a good sense of humor. So uh, mm -hmm. it, they make it they make it very easy to take the piss out of uh, their characters, and uh, I suspect that's kind of what they want you to do. So, yeah, I appreciated the lightheartedness of Quest for Infamy. I really need to play that again because what spoiled Quest for Infamy for me was the fact that they market it as something where you're really an antihero and you're like a bad guy, and in practice. You're just a really snarky good guy. You like do nothing but good things and complain about it, which is something I could have been okay with if they didn't tell me that I was supposed to be a bad guy. So I want to play mm. it again and kind of forget everything that I learned about it before. And I actually haven't played the first game, uh, mainly because it was a Quest for Glory type game with, uh, you know, stats and RPG elements and such. And I actually thought Order of the Thorn was going to be the same. And the first episode I did on it, I said, oh, right, well, this is sort of a Quest for Glory kind of thing. And then uh, uh, Sean Mills, one of the guys over at IQ, he wrote me a tweet and said, actually, this game is not like that. It's straight up adventure. Okay, sorry. sorry. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, you know, with Quest for Infamy, anyway. I don't remember even fighting once, and I have four hours played in that game. There is a heck of a lot you can do before mm. ever having to fight in that game. Most, like, uh, the whole opening area, you're just kind of walking around the town and meeting people and learning what's what. Oh yeah. So, oh, and Steve uh, Alexander, who coded the game, he was he was just going, "I am never, ever, ever doing a game like that again." You know, with stats and multiple stuff and like that, because he was just his brain was just you know bleeding out of his ears uh, coding all that shit up in AGS. Oh, he's more of an adventure game kind of a guy, I guess. He actually is. Mm. So it was kind of weird for him to do that. But um, uh, what the hell was going to say? Hey, um, Sorry. Shit. Oh, oh, right, right. Oh, the uh, um, the whole thing about um, uh, playing a deck. I mean, the uh, uh, first quest for me. You're you're right. They marketed it as you're playing this, you know, dick who is just walking around being obscene to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually wish that I had played it, and I still haven't played it, by the way. Uh, I wish I'd played it because we did an episode on BSD about uh, unlikable protagonists, and we were yes. finding it really hard to come up with 
you know, protagonists in adventure games that are complete and utter dicks. The only one I could think of was that idiot Rufus from Deponia Games, another series that I haven't played. Oh, you played that, didn't you, Bianca? Mm-hmm. That looked very unappealing to me, and I'm not sure why. Um, I think either it's a lot A lot of things get lost in translation from German to English, mm-hmm. or the guy who wrote it just isn't very funny. Because remember that uh, Rock uh, Paper Shotgun article about how racist and deplorable Deponia is? Um, no, the, but I, the don't, creator, I don't read sorry? them anymore. No, I don't remember, but I don't read them anymore. Oh, okay. Well, there there is a, like a really, really scathing article about how abhorrent this game is and the creator actually jumped into the comments and tried to defend his game and it was pretty obvious that he didn't really understand how selling a black person off into slavery could possibly be construed as offensive uh, so he, he kind of came across as a person who was completely out of touch with the uh, reality oh but i'm i'm trying to make the player uh uh you know uh, tap into their dark sides no 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 you, you're just you're just a completely unfunny human being yeah yeah i mean if you're gonna have them selling people into slavery at least make it a historical game that way it doesn't make as it doesn't make you a scummy asshole Oh, it gets even worse. Apparently, apparently, the puzzle is not just the selling a girl off into slavery. It's selling a girl off into slavery to an organ grinder in replacement for his monkey. I mean, oh, how wow. does this get even worse? It's like it's like he read a, a 1930s joke book and turned it into a game. Something like that. Well, yeah. So I I have no desire to play that game, but uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's all I've been playing. Really? Oh, I will, however, say everyone should go play The Cat Lady. Completely misleading title. I started playing is, that. It's quite good. I have to get back into fucking it. fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I it's love it. So I love the soundtrack, too. I oh, mean, beautiful Brian, soundtrack. Obviously. It's just so depressing, though. Oh, but I oh, but I love it to death. I mean, every time, she, I mean, Brian, you know, I love industrial metal music, and whenever she goes on a on a kill rampage or something, this awesome, awesome '90s style industrial metal rock starts playing, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm 16 years old again. Ronito, <laughs> I have how I've heard really good things about this, and I'm just taking a look at uh, screenshots on Steam now, and it doesn't look familiar to me at all. Did I watch you play this yes. at all? It has a really weird art style. It yes, really, it and, and you only walk uh, left and right. It's not like a 3D adventure or you know, like huh. uh, what, what Sierra would call a 3D adventure. It's, right. You know, you, it, and, you, and you control it with the keyboard as well, which is also kind of weird. But mm-hmm. the story, my God, and the mm-hmm. soundtrack, it's phenomenal. I love it. This looks super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll uh, put a link to this in the show notes because this does look like something worth your time. We should totally put those IQ Adventures uh, games in our show notes mm-hmm. too. And you can go and watch me play it over at youtube.com slash climate. If you can spell my name, you can find it. <laughs> oh, of course we're going to link your uh, your YouTube channel. <laughs> if we can remember how to spell his name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I set up the biggest cogblock because I can't actually change – I can't change the URL for my YouTube channel. I wish I could just make it, you know, youtube.com slash historian or something that people can actually spell. But oh. you have to have 500 subscribers before they let you do that. And oh, I'm just you know, piddling. I'm piddling away at like 108 subscribers or something. Oh, see, I I changed my YouTube name as well. And I had like a vanity URL that they gave me. But now it doesn't work anymore because I changed my name after that. I didn't realize there was some milestone I had to cross before they let me do that. Mm -hmm. There are are some weird YouTube rules. Um, I... 
I also wanted to be able to schedule videos because, you know, sometimes I've recorded two episodes in one evening and, uh, you know, I'll set one up to release uh, now and then one to release, you know, the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't act, you can't actually do that unless you enable monetization. You have to have one video monetized before they let you do that. Right. Which is just completely and utterly arbitrary. I mean... Well, I guess it's the sort of thing, it's like a paywall kind of a thing. It's like the difference between a regular account and a premium account. Kind of yeah, but it's, it's the weirdest kind of paywall because it's like, if you don't accept money from us, then we're not going to let you do this. Right. So please, please let us give you money. So I had... So I had upload some uh, complete crap, monetize it, and then, <laughs> and then hide it from your, uh, from the, uh, from your, your user's view and just leave your good stuff. No, actually, they won't let you do that. The, the video has to be public and it has to be monetized. So what I did was I had Gareth uh, put on his Pete Tolman voice as my as my financial advisor. And then I just monetized that video, like a really over-the-top, we're all about the money now kind of video. And I monetized that video and every other video is still, you know, free, commercial free. Oh, that, that's quite the way to stick it to the man. I love sticking it to the man. And using the man. Pete Tolman is yes. the man's man. Or you could, like, you know, <laughs> take a film of the floor for like two seconds and monetize that. Oh, my wife had the best idea. I, I'm kind of sad I didn't run with this one as well. But Gareth was all over and I love his Pete Tolman. So I went with that one. But my wife had this idea of recording a 10 minute video of the two of us just staring at the webcam, completely <laughs> motionless, and then monetize that. <laughs> I don't think I have the attention span to do that. Never mind. Watch it. <laughs> I was just going. And every once in a while, I just look at her. And then look back at the camera. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> but we didn't like, do that. Take a, or staple or uh, put a webcam outside our door and record it for an hour and leave and monetize that <laughs> outside our door. Oh, what? We'll just illegally film our neighbors and then monetize it. I don't see any problem with that plan. <laughs> no, no, I mean I'm in outside of our balcony door. Oh, you mean like the outside outside? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But but I I also figured I had such a hard time getting my wife in front of a microphone to uh, do the voice for her cameo or Easter egg cameo role in uh, What's in the Safe. So actually getting her in front of a webcam would probably be, you know, even though she came up with the idea, I I have an inkling of a feeling she wouldn't be up for that. Right. Um, My wife, my wife has uh, social anxiety. So she has a, you know, I even invited her to come on the show and she, you know, (laughs) predictably said no way in hell. Oh, that's cool. She is, of course, most welcome if she uh, is ever so inclined, but we don't uh, understand. Yeah, we'd probably... Uh, <laughs> would we scare her, cool. though? <laughs> nah. Yeah, we probably would I mean, scare her. I, I had, the, I had the Ken Allen visit me, which was, oh my god, my, my childhood hero is coming to Denmark and he's visiting me and he's staying on my couch and he's sipping whiskey at 4am telling me stories about William Shatner and Interplay and such. <laughs> Completely over the moon. My wife was nowhere to be seen. She went home to her parents for two days. Oh. Did not want to be there. I can I can empathize. I, I I have had periods in my life where I've been maybe not as shy as that, but very very shy. Mm-hmm. It's taken all my effort oh. to get over it. Oh, but it is it is. I mean, this is this is clinical. This is like a like a brain defect thing. She, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the only the only way to cope with it is like rigorous. You know, um, what what do you call it? Like a. Oh shit! What is the name I'm looking for? Uh, exposure, exposure therapy. Like you, you constantly mm-hmm. have to put yourself in awkward and you know debilitating situations, and it's really it's horrifying to just sit there and look at this unfold before you. So, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, did you play anything else or was that it? Mm. Yeah, sorry. That is that is it. That is what I played. All right. 
why don't you go next? Because I have... Me? Yeah, because remember, I'm going to... Uh, don't worry, I won't spoil it for you, but I am going to uh, leave some feedback since it was obvious. Uh, who is it who, uh, who uh, asked if I was going to uh, leave any criticism? I think it was Ben? Oh, about... Uh, Shardlight, yeah. About Shardlight. Oh, okay, so I'll go first then. Um, I feel like I played more than this this week, but for some reason I only have two games on my list, whatever. Mm-hmm. One of them is Diablo 3, which I took a break from for a while. D3. I, D3. Just needed some kind of time filler sort of a thing, but I do enjoy that game so much. And I'm playing it by myself. Usually Bianca and I play together, but I made a character and I'm playing by myself, which means I can put the music on. And the music I'm really reconnecting with. Um, uh, Trolls, I, I can't imagine you've you've played Diablo games. They don't seem like your kind of a thing. Uh, I've, my kid brother was very much into Diablo, so I've, I've watched him play Diablo 1 and 2. Back when that was a thing. Oh, okay. Did you did the music make any impression on you when you played those? I distinctly remember the uh, acoustic guitar in the uh, town from it's... Diablo Two. Oh, of course. <laughs> ah, Bianca just broke our bell. Oh, you no. terrible human being! This is the saddest <laughs> thing I've seen in a long time. And this is this is horrible because I have the dirtiest, dirtiest joke to go with that, and I'm, now we can't ring the bell. I'm nowhere near out of innuendo. This is a catastrophe. <laughs> okay. Thank you, woman. You Stop fiddling with everything, you wrecker of things. Oh, you are really setting up the joke now. Okay, good. Well, Bianca fiddled with the bell so much she broke it. <laughs> fiddled with her bell, sorry. Her bell. <laughs> I ruined my own joke. Oh, well, you're the bell of the ball. Okay. <laughs> well, that guitar... You sir, you, sir, go in timeout for that one. I think I do. That, that guitar is a super iconic instrument for video games in general, I would say. It's like the, the composer is a guy named Matt Yulman, and this guitar that he chose, it's like a guitar that's like made out of metal and has this really characteristic, like piercing, kind of a stinging sound to it. It's this most wonderful, beautiful instrument, and it sounds very amazing. So that's made its appearance in Diablo 3 as well as other games that he's scored, like the Torchlight games. That's really neat. So and, much. and it's not the same as a steel guitar. I'm not a guitarist. So right. Someone had to. Someone had to patiently sit me down and tell me that's not what a steel guitar is. Yeah, the steel guitar is kind of like the the, the sit down piano, almost kind of a version of a guitar. Whereas this is just a regular acoustic guitar, like yeah. with, a, with if, a body made of metal. If you've listened to country music, you know what a steel guitar is. Yeah, like a slide guitar kind of a thing. I think yeah. uh, maybe I'm incorrect in thinking that Ben Chandler has started teaching himself this. Maybe he's just using like a slide thing for the neck of the guitar. He'll have to tell. Oh us. no! Oh, no, that's right. He's he started playing country music, but he will not do slide guitar. Okay. Because apparently he doesn't like doing that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, it looks like fun to me. Anyway, um, the music in Diablo Three makes a lot of little subtle references to the soundtracks in One and Two. Which is so, uh, it's, it's just very like a fulfilling, exciting kind of a Easter egg sort of a thing for people that have listened to it intently. But uh, Trolls, I'm going to have to find a way to send you a copy of the Diablo 1 soundtrack because it has like guitar-y kind of stuff like that theme uh, from uh, the town of Tristram, which is the opening area. But it also like really goes into some awesome, very industrial uh, gothy kind of sounds with all mm-hmm. these like demonic cries of anguish and stuff in the background. It has kind of a, a quake soundtrack feel to like the ambience of it behind it. 
But then oh, with this really I, I kind of a, the quake one something. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. But it also has this sort of a nine inch nails chugging, like melodic, bassy kind of a, a instrumental musical uh, aspect to it as well. It's a really evil soundtrack, Diablo One. It's so oh, good. Yeah. You're gonna love it. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. So Diablo Three. Uh, I don't like the soundtrack anywhere near as much as the Diablo 1 soundtrack, and Diablo 2 as well. It was not as hardcore and interesting as the Diablo 1 soundtrack, but Diablo 3 gets the job done, and I do enjoy those references. I found a few links with the, the Diablo uh, 1 uh, soundtrack. Oh, I didn't have that, actually. You found something for Diablo Hellfire, which is a uh, expansion pack for the original Diablo that I never played, and it wasn't made by Blizzard. It was made by Sierra. Which was such a peculiar situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Interesting. Just... This was before uh, Sierra and Blizzard kind of merged, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Activision. That's right. It was before that. So that's very maybe that's what introduced the two companies, or maybe it's just kind of a no, serendipitous no, no, no. thing. That's, that was that was before Activision ever got into it. This was back when yeah. uh, CUC Software bought uh, Blizzard and Sierra and a third company that uh, escapes my memory, uh. and then uh, and then made off with a bunch of money and went bankrupt, and uh, you know court cases and everything, and then you know all the pieces were sort of picked up by Activision. Right, right. Very sad. I have uh, Diablo 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, the Diablo 2 soundtrack too. Okay. So, well, Trolls, that some, some, by some magical means, these soundtracks are going to find their way to you. Ooh, thank you. I do love me some industrial metal and rock and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, Diablo 1, it, it's you're going to, like, stroke uh, a uh, demonic satanic beard as you listen to this super-duper evil soundtrack. <laughs> It's very cool. So that's what I, that's what's been catching my interest most in uh, Diablo three. Um, I also picked up um, this game called Prey, which With is a first person shooter by 3D Realms. Was it the last game they made? It may well very well be. It's such a good game. It's made in the Doom three engine, and it had portals uh, like the game Portal, but it did it before the game Portal. Um, and and it not, was it was vaporware for the longest time. It was announced yes. just after Duke Nukem 3D, I believe. And, yeah, it uh, took them forever. And I think they scrapped. Yeah. They were going to do it, I think, in the Unreal Engine or something, and then they could get it in the Doom 3 engine. And it's a really good-looking game. And it has a lot of personality. It's a first-person game where your protagonist speaks, and it's very Duke Nukem-y in that he has a very strong personality, and he comments on his environment and stuff like that. But it's a little more refined, and it takes itself more seriously. It's a really good game with some interesting puzzling and some unique mechanics where with like out of body experiences and uh, it comes up with like a canonical way for your character to die and come back to life. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how in the world you buy this game. I was telling Bianca that somehow Steam ran out of CD keys for this game. <laughs> what? Whatever that means. And they stopped selling it forever. Um, and I bought the game on an old... Uh, Steam competitor called Direct to Drive, which promptly went out of business. Um, and so I do have the installer for that, but it connects to an, a DRM server that doesn't exist, so I can't install it. So I mean, I just pirated the damn thing because I own it and I can't play it, so I feel justified. So let's not segue this into why would you ever buy a modern game on GOG.com, but uh, I'm thinking it. Right, I know, I know. That being said, we just finished buying for Bianca uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered on Steam. 
Yeah, and I pre-ordered it on GOG. Okay, for you guys listening out there, uh, Brian and I have had sort of a, a lover's quarrel about why you would ever buy modern games on GOG.com. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going, I love DRM-free stuff, and I hate that it has to connect to a server just for me to play a single-player game and all of this nonsense. And um, Brian is a complete madman who prefers to buy his games on Steam. Yeah, I prefer old games on on GOG for what, it's more a matter of managing my gigantic libraries of games. Because mm-hmm. I I love having this kind of sequestered separate library of old games on GOG that just works for me. Yeah, I guess I don't like I having mean, to remember I, I, where my stuff is. I have I have fallen prey to the uh, you know uh, there's a GOG sale or there's a Steam sale or something and I go on and and I, and I buy a game and then I realize oh fuck I already own this on GOG or I already own this on Humble Bundle or some other shit yeah um, so I I have paid twice for games in the past so yeah I see that problem but yeah me too and then although the times where I've done that I usually love the game so much that I don't really mind paying the small amount for it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that. And, you know, the uh, the game that I bought, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's, it escapes me right now. But uh, it was, you know, one of those indie developer kind of people who, uh, you know, they could use the money and help, you know, they deserve it. So um, I, I didn't feel too bad about it. Oh, sure. Well, why don't I take this opportunity then to segue to Bianca's playlist because she's playing a game that I own on GOG, but she also owns on Steam. Mm-hmm. And that is... The Seventh Guest. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> a game that I love to look at and hate to play, and love to listen to, of course. Mm-hmm. There are a few yep, games I too. love more that, to listen to than this game. I love. Yep. The so I solved a couple of puzzles in it. The first one was the uh, gravestone cake. That I actually really like that puzzle. I don't know if it's because it's cake, because I love cake. <laughs> Maybe that's why. No, it's because it's it's simple as piss. I mean, the it later is. puzzles in that game are just phenomenally infuriating. Yeah, this one was. Once you figure out the pattern, it's just the process of figuring out, okay, what order do I do this pattern in? Because once you establish the pattern, it's not too bad. It's it's like, okay, so I need I need one icing slice to connect these two skull this skull to this other skull and I can grab those two stones. Okay, cool. Now I just gotta figure out what order to do them in. Mm-hmm. Stones, ring the ding bong. The ding bong? What the hell is a ding bong? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's all in your imagination. Sure. I, I used to smoke a lot of weed, and I've never encountered a ding-bong before. <laughs> sure. Have you ever encountered a scenario where you're asked to imagine a shark across the floor and if it would fit in your living room? What? I didn't used to smoke that much weed. <laughs> this is what happened when I smoked weed with my mother. Are you going imp- <laughs> to implicate your mother? <laughs> you heard it here first, girls. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. She asked me if I could have... A picture a shark in the room and if it would fit across the width the length of the living room. That is the weird... I mean, I've had some weird conversations on weed, but that one, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of Seventh <laughs> Guest... <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've actually beaten both Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour, and I have no idea how I did it, because I suck at logic puzzles. And, I know, you guys are playing Seventh Guest. The puzzles are pretty infuriating by the end of it, but it is nothing compared to the 11th hour. Half of the puzzles uh, will actually start in unwinnable states 
And that is infuriating mm. on two levels because one, that means you have to reset the puzzle uh, until you can actually finish it. Two, you have to figure out the rules to these puzzles by yourself. The game doesn't actually tell you what it is you're supposed to do. So you will spend hours just sitting there clicking around and going, why won't this puzzle solve? And it's because the game has bent you over and fucked you dry. That's mm -hmm. an annoying design. Well, they are annoyingly designed games. They're, they're, yes. they're puzzle games that don't need any filler but have filler. And it's the filler stuff that makes it charming because the rest is just like newspaper puzzle stuff. Exactly. I I love the story of The Seventh Guest. Me and uh, Daniel Stacy, the do? guy who's off writing uh, Mage's Initiation, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, he actually visited me Um and we were we we spent an entire evening just sitting up and trying to put the you know disjointed story of the seventh guest in a chrono chronological order, and then we spooned, and then he baked me a cake, and then uh, you know. <laughs> no, wait, yeah, is it coherent? It sure doesn't seem coherent. Uh, it actually is. I'm surprised to hear this. Because there, there is, there actually exists a novelization written by Matthew J. Costello of the Seventh Guest. I haven't read it, but. Um, it Ooh. apparently puts the whole thing in chrono chronological order. I wow, hmm. interesting. I should I should read that. I it's probably way out of print. Or, I should read. How, that. how is something way out of print? Isn't it just out of print? <laughs> it's Second a, language uh, people. It's a, um, I can make. I can't come up with an analogy. It's analogy a, failure. Just ring your bell, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's your how opinion of the seven guests so far? What the fuck is going on? I'm moving a bunch of fucking cans around. That's all I know. <laughs> that puzzle sucks. Doesn't it suck? We really cheated. I remembered a few of the words. Like, this Seventh Guest is the first CD-ROM game I ever owned. I still have it on disc, and I'm very proud to own that. Yeah. But oh, I cheated too. like crazy to get anywhere in that thing, and I did finish it, and it has a stupid ending. That, that can puzzle is so dumb, I have actually memorized the phrase that you have to put in, and I will gladly tell you so you don't have to play it anymore. Do you uh, want the... Uh... We, looked at, we looked it up. I remembered, like, two-thirds yeah. of the words. Sly, no, shy gypsy, shy gypsy, slyly, slyly, I don't know, but there's too many S's and Y's. You're going to summon badgers out of your butt if you say the whole thing in the mirror. <laughs> Shyly, sli slyly tryst by my crypt. Exactly. Like, as an English first language speaker, it would take me, like, three years of additional college-level English courses to... I know, there's where the rest of the fucking vowels. What a dumb I hate Y's vowel. It is so stupid. That's an annoying puzzle. Okay. Here's here's a good way to play the seventh guest. You do you know about the library book that will solve puzzles for you if you visit it three times? There is no punishment oh. for going to that thing. Uh, for I didn't know as that. long as it takes you. To, you didn't? No, well, I didn't know a, about a, a library book. On the copy table in oh, the library. I didn't even know about that. If you consult it three times, it solves the puzzle for you. Ooh. Oh, does it give you hints about how to solve it otherwise? Yeah, the first two are, are hints on how to solve the puzzle, and the hints are absolutely worthless. The third time you visit it, it just goes, the puzzle is solved. And you should totally do that, because there's no punishment for uh, consulting that book. And the same thing goes for the 11th hour. Uh, uh, the manual states that if you abuse the hit system too much, uh, the psychic link between the person on the other end will break and deteriorate. It's complete bullshit. You can use it as often as you want. Hmm. Well, I remember hating the 11th hour, which didn't stop me from buying it again on GOG, but uh, <laughs> I, I really you should, did not like you should, those puzzles. You should totally finish the game only so that you can watch the entire 60-minute movie uninterrupted, uh, because it is the Is it 60 dumbest. minutes? 60 minutes long. It wow. basically, you, know, you know the running joke we have over on, on Backseat Designers about the house is a rapist? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I have finished it. I just don't remember it. 
It's the, st- I mean, honestly, if you sat down in polite conversation and went, oh, I just watched this movie. It had the most weird plot, plot twist ever. Oh, really? What was it? The house is a rapist. It, those people wouldn't be your friends anymore. Yeah. Right you are. So uh, I hope we're still friends. <laughs> I'll squeeze you into our schedule. <laughs> okay. We'll have you on the podcast sometime. Yeah. Dang. Uh, well, dear, what else have you played this week? Well, I've also, I finished Shardlight. Yay! What a good game. Yes, it was. This, this is the part where I plug my ears, isn't it? Oh, we promise not to spoil anything because we want our listeners to play this game as well. Yeah, so I will do my very best to make sure I don't drop spoilers. Okay. So for those of you who have started playing it and haven't gotten anywhere, or those of you who own it and haven't played it yet, this will be, um, I will, I'll keep this as spoiler-free as possible. So basically, you're in a wasteland, you're a girl, and uh, you have a bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> la, 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 la. Sorry. <laughs> so first observation, really, that I found the puzzles were not an obstacle. They were more of a story advancer than an actual, than meant to be a challenging puzzle. So, hey, Francisco. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He learned his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought he actually learns his lesson that he speaks on his podcast? Instead of us over on Backseat Designers, we just talk out of our asses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, functionally, they are obstacles because you can't continue the game until you solve the puzzle, but they, they seemed appropriate for what you do and where you are and and were not unnecessarily difficult. And they're mysterious without being uh, obscure. Mm-hmm. I thought they were very well done. It's like, what do I have to do now? Well, that didn't work, but clearly I'm on the right path, which is nice. Because I hate when a puzzle doesn't let, doesn't give you enough hints that to let you know that you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Like, I was tr- I was trying to use a bucket to start a fire, and I uh, was on the right path, but I was missing... Uh, but I was overlooking a couple of smaller actions that I had to do. Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, I'm like... Oh, okay. So I I blew this here and not there. It was pretty uh, straightforward, and it didn't. And the puzzles were uh, there was just enough to keep the game interesting, and not to the point where it was just pointless filler. Mm-hmm. Someday I'm gonna do a YouTube video of all the buckets you can pick up in adventure games, because uh, I I've, I've now gotten to the port point in Shardlight where uh, I pick up the bucket, and I was just like the walrus in that old uh, internet meme. It's, ah, my bucket. Because, you know, whenever there's a bucket in an adventure game, uh, usually you can pick it up. Oh. And I'm at this point, I'm just like, the adventure game bucket is like the quintessence. You know, the blue cup tools, um, the adventure game studio, the logo shouldn't be a blue cup. It should be a fucking bucket. A blue bucket. A blue bucket. <laughs> yeah. Well, a blue cup yeah. is kind of a blue bucket, isn't it? True. And you're pretty much going to be Ooh, stuck with deep. your bucket the entire time. So I guess yes. you just arrived at, the, at Amy's house. Did you uh, know that there's an achievement outside, just outside of her house? I did the jump ropey skip thing uh, with the really, really disturbing children's nursery rhyme. Oh, yeah, those are cool. They're yeah. so appropriate for the Did you do situation. all the nursery rhymes? No, I didn't. That's how you get your achievement. Do all the nursery rhymes. Ah, achievements okay, and adventure games. I was creeped yeah. out by the first one. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really like that, how they adapt songs for their environment and situation. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it was all familiar to me because I grew up with those kinds of rhymes. Mm. <laughs> I'm just imagining Bianca skipping rope going, everyone is dead, everyone is dead. <laughs> oh, come on, that's not a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I loved about Shard Light, probably the thing I loved the most, was that like any other Wajidai game, I love having the opportunity to speak to people and hear everything they have to say and then having follow-up questions and... Just they they come up with a character, 
that is like representative of of the situation they're in, of the place that they are, and of like the history that's culminated to the point of this person uh, talking to you, talking talking with you then and there. And mm. I find it so fascinating to just talk and talk and talk to these people and hear more about how they got there and what their purpose is in this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's so great. It's just like the whole Gabriel Knight thing where you ask a lot of questions. And I mean, you don't have this huge list where you ask the same thing of everybody. It's just a standard dialogue tree. True. But and the questions are mostly relevant. And you don't have, and you're not for, and you don't have, but and it's also nice that you don't have this full inventory of just endless rows of garbage. Everything has a purpose, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't know. Oh, and, and also, Ben and, uh, ben and Fran were talking on the Blue Cup tools about how. Uh, Fran had to go away and uh, write this world Bible because Ben would just sit there and look at his notes and go, okay, so what is this place? What is this character? And and Fran would just sort of have to, you know, very patiently explain and then go off and write the world Bible. Uh, so I guess all of this, uh, you know, world building character stuff actually comes from that world Bible that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, Bianca, I don't get achievements for anything in Shardlight because guess where I bought it? Right. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that well, you should, should do all this, the rhymes because they're, they're great. Yeah, I, I am very much of the opinion that talking to people in an adventure game and looking at all the objects to read all the descriptions, that is its own reward. Screw achievements. Mm-hmm. I hate achievements yeah. in adventure games. But no way, the achievements in this game kind of are an incentive to, to get you to look at all the content so you don't miss anything. It's very true. They are, they do serve as a checklist. So if there's multiple ways to get through something, you know which ones you've done and yeah. which ones remain. And it's also a nice way of saying, oh, to uh, if you're like if you're like Brian and you want to hear the different uh, comments someone has to make on things, there is one particular character who has a whole bunch of shit to say that you may have otherwise missed because you're because you figured out a puzzle almost immediately. Oh, that's right. And if you're like Brian, you're very studly. <laughs> peculiar silence <laughs> all around <laughs> take my word for it people yeah. super stud although the, there is just one thing that I don't like and there's, there's two characters in this game that have the worst names the first one is Denby what the fuck is a Denby I know it sounds like some kind of 1920s uh, hat <laughs> or 1930s you sort of ruffled my Denby you should have hit my Denby. <laughs> How dare you dent my Denby? I tilt my you Denby in your direction. You dented my Denby into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Didn't, who else don't you Hashtag like? Hashtag not a ditch. <laughs> um, Danton. <laughs> Danton. I know. When I saw written in, in beta testing, I thought it was going to be Danton. But Danton? Who the hell? What the? Uh, the pronunciation makes me angry. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of pants or suspenders from 1920s or so. I'm sure these are all re- these names are references to some something that people are more more cultured than us would recognize. Yeah. Well, Fr- Francisco was very big on history and especially the 1920s. I mean, a golden wake, obviously. Yeah. So uh, that's probably where he got it from. Well, he mostly took names and stuff from uh, ancient Greek, was it or ancient Roman? Um, only for uh, the, the uh, leaders of the aristocracy. Yeah. Which this, which is explained in the game, but that's not a spoiler. Because it's pretty obvious well, when you realize that the guy's name is Tiberius. Right. Well, we'll leave it at that anyway. Uh, he's not named after Kirk, is he? Uh, I, that's, of course, what came to mind for me, first and foremost, because I am not a cultured person. But anyway, I and? my only squabble with the game is I didn't. I thought the ending was abrupt. Mm. I, I didn't feel like the ending was super satisfying. Just the very... The, the very last like five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. I, I was didn't feel entirely satisfied. But uh-huh. getting up to that point... 
I thought it was super duper satisfying. I'm mm -hmm. very glad to have played that with you. And if you're back in the starting sector, make sure you click on the car and uh, see if you can figure out what the reference is. <laughs> right. Oh, I actually know this. Um, but I'm not going to say it so Good. people can experience it for themselves. Oh, Yanka, did you uh, did you find uh, two genius uh, people's voice cameos in the game? Um, there's one by uh, some guy, if you guys are familiar with uh, the gentleman. He does these um, uh, overanalyzed adventures on uh, YouTube, and he has a fantastic voice. Oh, yeah, didn't he, like, do some kind of a grunt or a screech or something? Or did no, he, he? I think I think he has a speaking role. Oh, did um, he? I was listening for it. I couldn't catch it. <laughs> the the grunt and the squeak. That's me. <laughs> I have, Francisco sent me. Uh, he said I have a pivotal role that I want you to play in this game. Mm -hmm. And he sent me, and and, and, he, and he just goes, "These are very very important lines, and I want to put. I want you to put your best effort on this." And I go, okay, cool. Oh man, I'm gonna be in a Wajidai game, a cameo role in a Wajidai game. And he sends me the um, the lines. The lines are in parentheses. They are person getting stabbed and yeah. person getting shot. <laughs> yes, I sent him like a 14 minute voice file of me just going. <laughs> <laughs> and then you uh, and then you started to uh, do what he asked you to do. <laughs> basically just took the microphone to the bathroom and uh, you know oh. <laughs> and I also did a techno remix of all my outtakes which I sent to him and I can send to you as well oh please do the sharp light owl mega mix <laughs> it's a uh, can you do like a mega mega mix and do that with the IRC sound uh, I, uh -oh. <laughs> I actually I actually did a, a techno song with the IRC um uh, sound the uh oh oh you know we we linked to it that. on the show notes I think uh, many moons ago oh okay yeah sure I couldn't remember if I told you this or not oh but I'm sending you the short light owl mega mix right now so <laughs> please do so yeah great game I'm and uh, I'm glad that the puzzles were just um, the right difficulty so that they felt like they contributed to the story rather than uh, being an obstacle to the story or otherwise infuriating to solve. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was easy to find the objects because, ugh, Techno Babylon. Trying to find that coat hanger on the ground amidst all the blood and guts was, was difficult. Mm. So you didn't have anything like that. And it was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I won't say anything more about that, this, except that I like the uh, books that you get to read in this game. Oh, yeah, I appreciated that, too. Well, we, we would be remiss if we did not praise Mr. Ben Chandler on his art mm -hmm. in this game. Oh, that guy. That guy is so fantastic at what he does. And listening to him on Blue Cup Tools, just going, uh, well, my, my art kind of... Shut the fuck up, dude. You're brilliant. He really is. He really, really is. I wish I could draw as well as him. He can, take a, he can, take, he can shit out something better than I could ever draw. Probably yeah. does. Yeah, the, a few of the scenes just really took my breath away. And I think my favorite scene was a very like understated one. Um, it's just a, it's just like this open field, and it sort of looks like a frozen tundra. It's just very sparse and very barren, but I found it like really serene and balanced and beautiful. Mm -hmm. So many times I was just gawking at this art. I think it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the portraits are very nice too. I don't think he did the portraits. I think somebody else did. Mm -hmm. But they're very good, and we were beta testers, so we saw. 
at least two, one or two iterations of the portraits, and they uh, they're is they're the best that they've been right now. They look great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing that kind of takes me out of it, and, and this is true for most uh, Wedged Eye games, is that the portraits are still, you know, the mouths don't move. So yeah. uh, not, not, that, not that that's a big thing or anything, but it's just, you know, kind of wish they were, would animate. That kind of stopped bothering me after, like, the first Blackwell game, I suppose. We played, like, eight or nine of their games so far, and I kind of didn't even think about it anymore. It takes a huge oh, yeah. amount of effort to... And it makes it easier for tr for doing translations too, because you're not having to worry about synchronize synchronize the lip movement. I think AGS does that um, automatically. You can uh, you can set the lip syncing automatically in AGS. Is that true? I know that um, I played um, Francisco remade his first Ben Jordan adventure, and I don't. It has lip syncing, and it looks terrific. But I seem to remember say, him saying that it was super arduous and it was totally hands-on, syllable by syllable, with very accurate timing, and that he would never mm. do it again. Yeah, I, and it you know, I'm not an authority on it because I've never actually played with it, but I do know that there is a lip-syncing tool in AGS. I've never touched it, but I know it's there, and okay. I don't know how it works. I was, I'm pretty sure it was automatic, but uh, I would imagine that Francisco knows way more than yeah. I do about it. Yeah, yeah. and it seems that... Considering the amount that uh, the observation that creating walk sequences is arduous, I can't imagine that uh, creating oh. lip synchronization would be much easier. Walk cycles. They are the bane of my existence. Oh, I'm glad you brought, brought up walk cycles because there's a scene right near the beginning where like, you enter one of the main – it's not a main hub, but it's just a town where you interact with a lot of people over mm -hmm. the many times of the game. And there are so many – there are so many little bit – players or just like background people that are full-sized and yeah, have a walking full, back and forth. Yeah, yeah there, there must be at least a dozen of them. That must have been so much effort because they all look completely unique. I was astounded by that. That's just so much detail. There are a lot of little animations here or there, like a creaking door or like a swaying, dangling rope or something that really, really brings it to life. Mm -hmm. Just one little, one little flourish like that kind of completes this illusion. Yeah, or like a mm. random customer at one of the uh, three stands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and just the, uh, just the roof caving in during the prologue. I mean, yeah. the animation was so good. Mm-hmm. I really love it when there's uh, a, an animation that just goes like from beginning to end and it's a one-time only thing because that was a dramatic one. Yeah, although it will never top the one in Techno Babylon where the guy falls from uh, the high rise onto the car. I know. No, that, was, that awesome. was kind of like, what the fuck? That was, was that? so shocking. And it's just yeah, like, so and then your, your characters are perfectly calm with a bloody corpse in front of them. <laughs> well, they're cops. They're they cops. see this shit all day. That's right. I suppose so. Yeah. Shall we take a few minutes to um, talk about today's topic? Should we talk <laughs> about today's topic? Do we even announce what our topic is? Um. Well, we have a uh, we do have one well, I've, I've been, on this. I've been stalling for time because I have nothing for today's stuff. Well, you can always piggyback on our stuff. Well, I'm wondering, should we even bother with the topic, or should we save it for another time and have our dear friend trolls back to talk about either this or something else? Because we are prepared for our topic, but we know that we kind of foisted this topic upon you, trolls. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Um, anything you guys want. Uh, I mean, how how long have we been recording? We're already up to an hour and a half, which is a pretty good show length, I think. Mm -hmm. True, but that's, mostly it's nightmares. What talking about a whole lot of fucking nothing? What do you think the show is? 
I don't know. What more? You taking up a bunch of space? Yeah, that's that's off camera. I guess. Well, the cocks. I love you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well. On that show. Well, I I, I kind of think that we should maybe call it here, considering we have an entire other podcast that we are uh-huh. delighted to be participating in tomorrow with very, Yay. very similar company. Yes, we are going to do the podcast Circle Jerk. Yay! Something that has, uh, yeah, a, a thing that's been, uh, you know, brewing in my mind for the longest time. I'm, uh, no sarcasm, I am so very glad and fortunate to have so many dear podcast friends, yourselves included. And Likewise. I always wanted to get uh, them together in a in a room or at least a virtual room and just, you know, talk about podcasting, what we actually do, how we construct our shows, what equipment we use and all this nonsense. Uh, well, we're probably going to be least so, sappy there because, I mean, what do we use? <laughs> Nothing. What yeah, is sa- save, it, save it for tomorrow. Yes, that we will. Yes. So That's this awesome. is uh, we're we're going to be taping this uh, tomorrow, and it's uh, going to be the season finale of the upcoming Space Quest Historian podcast, season three. Oh, brilliant! Mm-hmm. So it's it's not going to be coming out for a while. It's probably going to be coming out like in a month or something. Uh, oh, good stuff! Anyway, well, we can't wait. We'll tell you. Well, yeah. is it okay with you, dear? Why don't we kind of call it here, and we'll uh, save this topic for another okay. time. And you finish your shit up, Nets, because. I need dishes to do. I have dishes to do, and I don't want to look at them right now. <laughs> okay. I, I made a huge mess making breakfast, and now I regret my kitchen. Oh, do you uh, do you want to say a quick word about anime before we uh, before we adjourn? Uh, not really. Just that, uh, really. Just that uh, Bianca sort of lit my uh, dormant anime. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it, Gene? Or it's you know this this sort of cyst that grows in your belly that's been lying dormant for a long time, and now it's in full bloom again. Yeah. Inner like otaku. Like inner reboot. No, I say inner otaku. Sure. I think it's <laughs> some kind of a mania or a psychopathology or something. Inner <laughs> otaku. And well, I have downloaded all of Neon Genesis, twenty six episodes, and the two movies. So I'm looking. So I got a binge coming up. Good. Yeah, me too. Except I, I'm skipping the first movie because the first movie is just a recap of the entire series. Oh, which one? Uh, Death and Rebirth or End of Evangelion? Death and Rebirth is just a, a um, you know retelling of the entire series. However, End of Evangelion is the most fucking depressing movie I've seen. And yes, I have seen Grave of the Fireflies. That shit made me cry. Yeah. What else made me cry? Did um, I, I cried at the, at the first time I watched uh, Fishigiri. I cried at the end. Just oh yeah, that was that was a good ending. Mm-hmm. It was a really good ending. Or what's his name, the doctor character? Oh, uh, Mitsukake. Yeah, I yeah. cried there. That was the only time, like, I really cried. Just because okay. he's, like, the big, strong, silent character. He's always done good stuff, but then just make this really big sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I know oh, you I said... Don't, I don't... Oh, sorry. Go I, no, you said you never got far, but yeah. If you get towards the end, like, episodes 40 to 52, that's where it all comes together, and it's a lot more intense. Ouch. I can't believe you and I actually watched that whole thing. Yeah, I convinced Brian to watch it with me. Yeah. And as well as I enjoyed it. It just took forever to get through it, but I did enjoy it. Yep, and what, what, you what watched everything but the last, but the third OAV. It's called Fushigi Yugi, which means mysterious play. Mm-hmm. Although it's got some very girly stuff. There is so much gazing longingly into pretty boys' <laughs> eyes. In this, oh. Winkle glisten. Yeah, there's glistening stares of dreamboat men. So, <laughs> Oh, but the, another yeah. thing that uh, uh, this little growing cyst inside of my belly uh, compelled me to was to uh, go back and uh, watch Gunnam or Battle Angel Alita again and I know I don't usually cry at anime or movies and such uh, but uh, the bit where 
Hugo is climbing up this uh, cable to get to um, you know get to get to the rich city, and uh, he gets you know chopped in half by this uh, you know saw blade that is is on this uh, able to prevent people from actually doing what he's trying to do. That was heartbreaking. No, why did the saw blade betray him or something? <laughs> he thought they were friends. <laughs> no, he's, he was just a complete idiot. But, oh. uh, mm-hmm. all the trick and I keep mentioning this, but you have to watch Yutena. Oh man, is that a beautiful art style? I love how the characters look. They're all pointy and angular looking. Heavily inspired by Rose of Versailles. Which is also oh, you gotta, from, you gotta you gotta send me these uh, these um because I will I will have forgotten them immediately after we hang up. So you put them in the show notes, you. will you? Okay, yeah. we'll put them in the show notes for one and all. You got cool. And I have, I have to go and find Gunnam as a as a manga because the um you know the anime is only two episodes and it was you know Gunner even the creator Gundam didn't really get a shit. Gundam Sorry? Wing has uh, endless waltz really good. Gundam Wing or Gunner? No, a, a Gun M. Uh, or Gun Battle M. Angel Alita. I, I've never oh. seen Gundam Wing, and I'm not really too keen on it. Yeah, Bianca loves it. I love it, and it was actually the only anime I didn't mind dubbed, aside from Vampire Hunter Z. I watched a bit of Vampire Hunter D uh, or Z or whatever, and I was uh, <laughs> kind of lost my way around episode four or five. I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" All right, that I'm turning not, that I'm, one did nothing for me. I'm, I'm turning Japanese over here. <laughs> Okay, so I'll send you a few yeah. of them, but yeah, Vampire Hunter D is only like a bit. It's only a, it's a movie, not a series. Oh, sorry, I'm confusing it with uh, another vampire thingy. Um, yeah. What the hell was it called? It's it's one where the the, uh, the the main character is Alucard, and they think they're so clever for having spelled Dracula backwards. <laughs> oh, is that where the name Alucard comes from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that. Or is that where the name Dracula oh, well. comes from? Anyway, neat. Oh, what was the other one with, oh, Count D? Was that Pet Shop of Horrors? Yeah. That was such a cool show, because that was like um, a Twilight Zone kind of a thing with all these, like, ironic demises for needy people. Yeah, basically, it was uh, a really grim version of uh, Gremlins. It was very cool, Pet Shop of Ooh, Horrors. Because nice. you know how they, Gremlins, they say, okay, you can't you have these three rules, and, you, and if you violate them, then these horrible things will happen. Well, basically, it's, well, you got this pet, you can have it, but if you don't do this... There'll be consequences, and of course, the consequences are uh, gruesome. <laughs> All right, oh, I got friggin' anime. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's quite okay. Yep, I do enjoy some, but not very much. And you usually whatever. prefer movies. Yeah, but I was—I mean, I used to—I was very big into anime when I was a kid, and now I, you know, as a sort of grown up, and uh, you know, we've put these childish things past us and such. Now I'm just sort of feeling the itch again. Oh sure, uh, so, Crunchy Roll, so Would my, you like me to send you a um? A guest pass because I got like a ton of them on my account. You know what? My wife is going to hate me for this, but yes, please do. Oh, right on. <laughs> Crunchyroll, a great site. Pretty good uh, selection of material and pretty reliable, somewhat reliable streaming. Sometimes a show just stops in the middle, doesn't it? No, it hasn't. Oh, right. You, it hasn't you, since you, you offered, uh, we updated sorry. our internet connection. Ah. All right, but yeah, Bianca, I remember you offered me this when I was talking about that. Uh, um, what the hell is it called? I keep forgetting. The, the bit about where his hand is infected with a parasite. I think it's just called Parasite. Yeah, it's it? on that site too. Parasite with a uh, Y. Yeah. Uh, you offered me that when I was talking about that back when we did the uh, games that we would like to make podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and back then I was just like, yeah, well, I've already found a site where I can watch it. But uh, that was before the itch. So, so thank you graciously. Okay. There's a cream for that. <laughs> Apply liberally. Ding. To the butt crack. Stupid bell. Okay. Well, so why hey. do you bring us out? Okay. 
Well, we the, the topic we were going to discuss and didn't get around to was real life lessons that games taught us. And we actually had a uh, tweet from uh, Antonimity. Hi, hi, Anton. About uh, about the topic, we will have to save that for another day. But all the same, trolls, thank you very, very much for uh, joining us on the show. We love having you here, and our house is your house. Please do come oh, back. Such such a pleasure. Thank you, thank oh. you so much for having me back. Okay, I don't have any passes right now because every one of my freaking passes expired. What a you mean? Uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I know I know ways. Ooh, you're like a magician. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll get to this topic again someday. Maybe we'll even uh, cover the topic that uh, we were originally going to have you on here for, whatever that was. You and Bianca kind of worked out your. No, that was that was a part two of games that we wanted to make but never got around to. Because oh, right. yeah, you, know, you had no idea what you wanted to do, so you're like, go propose something else. As long as someone's clueless, we've got a show. <laughs> but I've, well, I've you're always you guys clueless, so therefore like, we okay, always have a show. Right. We should, we, should have, we should have a part two. We should have you come back and do a part two. And then if, if, inevitably, when the guy, when the person comes back, it's always, okay, new topic. Right. You nev- you've never actually done a part two of anything. Pretty much. Well, we did have uh, we did have Joe on for a couple of Star, uh, Star Wars things. Oh, that's right. That might yeah, be okay. the only one. Mm-hmm. Someday. I still have a list of Japanese games I never talked about, so we'll get around to it. Yep. We're will. not going anywhere. <laughs> not for a long time. Yeah. And so, it's only episode number 57, so we still got ways to go. Oh, wow. We're, only, we're almost oh, one-eighth as long as the anime series you like watching. <laughs> All right. One. <laughs> I got stuff that's way longer than this. I'm sorry I mentioned that. <laughs> uh, trolls, if people want to get in touch with you for some horrific reason, why and where would they do so? I can't answer why, because I wouldn't talk to me if I knew me. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at SQHistorian. You can find my YouTube over at YouTube.com slash Have fun with that. And uh, I've been plugging backseat designers a lot this episode. I'm not sure why. But, uh, I mean, um, but anyway, <coughs> you can go check it out on BackseatDesigners.com. And I've also got a website where I you know, put up uh, – now, apparently, I'm a game reviewer. So Yay. you can go check out uh, SpaceQuestHistorian.com for stuff like that. Fantastic. Oh, and if you like music, uh, which I do, and Brian does, and Bianca apparently doesn't, um, oh, go, to, you. <laughs> go to alchemydk.tumblr.com. I uh, listen to a lot of music on Bandcamp, just dig up random shit, and then I post them on there. So there's everything from electronica to industrial to black metal to pop to whatever you got. Lovely. That's all going in the show notes. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Troll. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you, man. Great pleasure to be here. I love being on the show. Please, please have me back sometime. Oh, of course we will. And uh, ladies and gents, uh, although we say it every week, you probably were not able to contact us last week on the web, squarefm.demodulated.com, or by email, squarefm at demodulated.com. But now you can, because we got our shit together. Yay. <laughs> and on Twitter, we are at squarewavesfm, which is... Fuck you, 101. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pardon me. It was, it was 101, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Fuck, fuck those guys. Screw everybody. One and one. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Thanks a million for listening to us, Trolls. Thanks a million for being on the show. And uh, Thank we'll you for talk. Me. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk to you this time next week. And uh, and uh, check us out on uh, the Space Quest Historian podcast, where some uh, some decent people will be on for a change yeah. as of tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Bye bye, everybody. Beep. I love you. Yeah. You're so hot on that show. Screw off. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>